Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the state of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the state of California. While San Francisco, beset by crime and homelessness, is embracing a new project called Reimagining Public Safety. It's an initiative run by the Policing Project at NYU Law School. Mayor London Breed announced the campaign with Barry Friedman, the NYU professor who is co-founder of the Policing Project, and he joins us today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline to talk more about it. So first of all, what is the Reimagining Public Safety Project? What will it actually do? Reimagining Public Safety is built on the notion that uh, we ask the police to do a wide variety of things in society for which they're neither trained nor particularly equipped. Many of the things they don't think they ought to be doing. Uh, and so the question is, can we find alternative ways to respond to 911 calls and calls for help from people who live in the jurisdiction? How did you choose San Francisco as one of the five cities for this initiative? And how much did the recent crime surge here factor into that, if at all? I think we long had our eye on San Francisco just because the city is both an interesting place and does innovative things. We'd had some early contact with the mayor's office here and they had interest in working with us back uh, during the pandemic when we were talking to jurisdictions and looking for places that were interested to be part of the effort. You know, there's been so much controversy over the idea of defunding the police, which of course in most cases is a misnomer. It's more a matter of, of refocusing or redirecting resources. Did this project kind of grow out of that idea? No. So uh, this project uh, was conceived in part from academic work that I did over the, I'd say, two years before George Floyd was murdered. Uh, and it, it it came from the experiences that I got doing the work the policing project does of riding around in police cars and spending time in impacted communities and spending time in police headquarters and really coming to understand that one of the great problems of policing was this mismatch between what we ask police to do and what we've trained or equipped them to do. And so we we put together the idea of doing this kind of work. Now, after George Floyd was murdered and the protests began, there started to be funding available to do this kind of work. Uh, and we're grateful that that funding appeared, but the idea was, was never to defund the police. Uh, it was at best to do what you said, which was to think about allocating resources in a way that uh, that made sense from the perspective of city government. Is the George Floyd case the reason why Minneapolis is also one of your five pilot cities? Uh, the, the There was great interest in Minneapolis, obviously, after George Floyd was murdered. Uh, and there we're doing mostly community-based research. So all of our work is centered on community, which means to say that in many places in this country, we're doing focus groups and extended interviews with community members to ask how city services and policing are serving their needs and what might serve them better. And in Minneapolis, um, it's a very complicated situation because they've already had one sure. 
lawsuit filed against them by the Human Rights Commission. There's likely to be another from the uh, Federal Department of Justice. And so our focus has been working with the Minneapolis Foundation and doing community-based work there. So, so what form will the research take in San Francisco? How does that look? So we have, I've actually been here doing field research. This is the only city in which I'm doing field research. We have a team of sociologists and lawyers who are doing most of it. Uh, and the research is about speaking to um, individuals who are responsible for providing public safety in the city uh, to get their view on a, a, a list of questions that are things like, how do you understand public safety and how do you think we should provide it and what are the ways the city's doing it and what seems to be working or failing and the city's trying, as you probably know, uh, many novel things and how are those working out? So. I, for example, spent most of yesterday driving around with the street outreach teams uh, here in San Francisco, and it was really uh, remarkable seeing their work. I also walked along with the safety ambassadors that the police department is using, retired police officers uh, in certain parts of the city just to walk along with nothing but a radio. And tonight I'll be riding along with the police. Yeah, I mean, this is something San Francisco has been working on for years, really decades, going back to when they started, you know, the outreach teams, et cetera. Is this a matter of um, seeing what's working in San Francisco and how it might apply elsewhere, or also seeing what's working in other places and helping San Francisco do even better? Both. We, You know, one of the things we found working with cities is that there's just an enormous interest in those cities and in, in being part of a community of practice. You know, if Denver is another city of ours, and they're doing some similar things, but they'd love to talk to people in San Francisco to say, you know, what challenges have you encountered? How, how did you solve this particular problem? And so one of the things we're doing is bringing together the officials from our cities and um, and getting them in dialogue with one another to, to share uh, problem solving techniques and ideas for different ways to, you know, for example, everybody's very focused on, uh, you know, mental and behavioral health issues right now in terms of alternative police response. But there are all kinds of things you could be looking at noise complaints, animal control issues. Um, you know, we work with with nationwide experts with the police to examine the areas in which maybe it's not the correct use of police resources to have them be the responders. Yeah, how big a difference do you think it can make to respond to, say, a mental health crisis or, or a nonviolent situation with somebody other than a police officer in terms of producing a better outcome? Well, I think I got a, an eyeful of that yesterday, and it was really um, very illuminating. And so I think you can get a better outcome, and there's a classic reason for that, which is time. The police drive around in cars with their 911 calls stacked up trying to get from one to the other. And though the crisis response teams, the wellness teams have challenges in terms of time of their own, by and large, they have much more time. And I certainly watched on several occasions when those teams really took the time to deal with somebody who was uh, in some form of crisis and, you know, help settle them out and get a deeper sense of what their needs actually were and then try to get them connected to those particular needs. Well, one last question for you. What about the role of race in these incidents and the responses to them? How do you, how do you take that into consideration as you do this research? And, and will you be tracking the part that plays and, and, and what responses work best? So you can't do this work and not focus on race. Policing has a big impact on race or a big race impact. And the same will be true for alternatives. Part of the issue is that, you know, quite unfortunately in this country, there's a difficult correlation between race and poverty or race and how a law folks are. And in these communities in which much of this work is done, they are less well-off communities 
marginalized communities, vulnerable communities. But race is certainly an important part of it. And it is the black and brown communities that have often felt over-policed and that I think are most eager to see some alternatives to police response. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm afraid we're out of time, but thank you. Barry Friedman, co-founder of the Policing Project at NYU Law School. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find me on Twitter at Sovereign Nation. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.